Support for Local Color, a Baltimore podcast, is provided by Brioxi. Brioxi is working to put hundreds of innovators of color into their own home in Baltimore. Join the tribe. We are the ready generation. I want to keep doing that. I want to keep feeling that way. I want to keep feeling like nothing can stop me and I'm capable of doing everything and achieving all my dreams. Hey everyone, I'm Jason V. This is Local Color, a show about the local color that makes Baltimore great. Today's guest is Walker Marsh of The Flower Factory. Five years ago, if you told Walker he'd be ankles deep in manure managing a farm in East Baltimore, he'd probably tell you you were high. Nowadays, it's not so unbelievable. Walker's journey to The Flower Factory isn't one of soil and compost, but rejection and even petty revenge. Stay tuned. Walker Marsh is hard to miss. He looks like a taller version of Common that decided to stay at Afropunk and sell produce. In his early years, Walker lived in Northeast Baltimore. Then... My parents had this, like, great idea to, oh, we're going to move to the county and go to better schools. And it really wasn't the case because my high school still sucked. Walker graduated from Milford Mill Academy. Like most 21st century black kids given the twice as good speech, college was the next move. After school, I actually went to uh, Virginia State University. I loved uh, cars. So when I was at Milford, I was in the automotive technology magnet program. Okay. And because I wanted to like design parts for cars and make cars more efficient and stuff like that. So I went to school. And I wanted to do mechanical engineering, but I was doing electrical engineering. So off the bat, I was already doing something I didn't want to do. So uh, to make a long story short, I failed out of college and ended up coming back home. It's easy to guess Walker's parents weren't too happy about his predicament to make matters worse. Uh, It was 2008, right when the economy dropped with the whole housing market and everything. I spent like two years trying to find work. Knowing he had to do something or face the wrath of black parents, Walker went back to lifeguarding, a job he had as a teenager. It's a great way to make easy money and learn how deceitful kids are when parents aren't around. It also gave Walker a lot of time to think. I always had this like urge to do more. So I was just was like, oh, well, let me go the nonprofit route. Everybody always saying, like, you know, volunteer, give back to the community. So I was like, all right, I'll try that. And Started working for this uh, group called Civic Works. They're a pretty large nonprofit here in Baltimore. They do a lot of different stuff. And uh, I started there with that one program called uh, Project Lightbulb. Basically, we going out to homes and doing like weatherization for them, wrapping their hot water heaters and wrapping their pipe, changing like all the light bulbs to like CFLs. And it was cool for a while, but still wasn't what I wanted to do. How did you? get involved with farming and horticulture and just the general care of living things? I Honestly, I fell into it. You know, I wasn't even looking for it. You know, I was just kind of trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And while I was at that nonprofit, Civic Works, they had a farm and I needed a job. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I thought like a lot of people thought. I thought that Farming was, you know, some slave type work. You know, I ain't doing no slave shit. That ain't, you know, they we been did that. Why well, I want to go back and do that? But like literally the first day I went out there and tried it, I fell in love with it. And I haven't looked back since, honestly. 
Life got a little brighter when Walker found the farm at Civic Works. When I started the farm, it really started to calm me down. And I could really, like, look outside of myself and see that there's, like, this bigger world. And then once you start caring for these plants and you're like, oh, whoa, this plant responds to me when I do this or that, you know, then it starts making you think, like, dang, okay, well, maybe let me do something different, you know, or let me try this or let me try that. Agriculture was Walker's therapy and meditation. We all want to find a profession or trade that we can get lost in, something that makes time go by quicker, something that allows us to study ourselves through the work we do. Walker enjoyed his time at Civic Works, and lessons from his father and grandfather encouraged him to strike out on his own. Yeah, I think it all started when I was younger. My father always kind of like instilled like ownership and doing your own thing. He used to have his own small business where he did like IT and consultant type work. So seeing him and actually my name, Walker Marsh, comes from my great grandfather. He was the original Walker Marsh Mm -hmm. and he uh, owned his own business down in North Carolina. And he was just a shoe cobbler. He just would, you know, fix shoes and clean shoes. But um, I always had this urge to want to do my own thing. And once I started farming and I started to meet other farmers, and it was actually um, Malik Yakini. I had heard one of his, actually went to one of his um, talks. He was at John Hopkins. And he was, that? Uh, he's a farmer out in Detroit. He's doing, like, really cool stuff. I mean, they, they took, like, a, um, I guess it was, like, a, a park in Detroit and turned it into a farm, and they were growing vegetables and giving it back and he was one of the, the first black farmers that I, you know, had was able to meet. And, you know, because when I first doing, started doing it, I didn't know that there were even black farmers. You know, I was like, oh, this is cool. But, I mean, there's, there's a, you know, ain't nobody out here doing it. But, there's, you know, him and Denzel, uh, Denzel Mitchell, they really, like, kind of inspired me to do it, you know, because, you know, it it's hard work, you know, honestly. It's not a easy thing to start your own farm and get it going and, it's very difficult, but I, I think I was kind of like driven towards that, like the difficulties of it, and but the rewards are really high. So, yeah, just seeing the examples of others and, you know, the potential, too, because I just have this like great idea of seeing like Baltimore with flowers all around it and, <laughs> and what that would do to people's, you know, mind when they see that. Because, I mean, you go around Baltimore, all you see is like vacant homes trash just a whole bunch of shit everywhere basically and you know to kind of like change that you know look i feel like would also change the mindset of a lot of people so those things made me want to like start my own thing i want you to talk more about the flower factory why you named it the way you named it and also Mm -hmm. talk a little more about that journey like did you have to apply for permits did you get Mm -hmm. grant money how did all that work Uh, yeah so uh the flower fact so even to figure out the name the flower fact took a a whole you know (laughs) i don't know how long that's it was ridiculous but it was it was crazy because i when I changed the spelling of because originally I just had T-H-E, and then I went to go get the domain name for the website, and there's already a flower factory out in California. So I was mm. like, shit, I can't get it because I want the flowerfactory.com. I don't want this, that, dash, you know, so I just want that. So I was like, huh. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, shit, I can't name it this because I want it. Because at that point, I didn't even uh, have the business registered. I was still getting all those that paperwork together. I was sitting there, and I was like, how can I change this name without changing what I want it to be because I wanted the name of it to be something very recognizable. I wanted it to be just like 
oh, I know what this is when I hear this name. You know, I don't even want any questions. It's like, oh, the flower factory. Yeah, it's probably some place that's got flowers. I don't know. You got a lot of flowers. So What you see is what you get. Yeah, basically. But I also wanted people to connect with the name. And then I was just sitting there and I was just like, you know what? Let me spell it T-H-A. And I was like, you know what? I like how that look. And then I started to think about what that really meant, you know, because when I see that type of spelling, I always, and I feel like most people think that that's black. T-H-A, oh, you know, that must be like a black person. That's like a black thing, you know. And it's a good or bad thing. You know, I feel like it's who we are. You know, I grew up seeing that type of language. So that's what I associate to be black. And I wanted people to recognize that this is a black business and this is for, you know, black people. And it's not only for black people, but the main focus is black people. I wanted people to see that. It also gives it like this crazy character. People also see that language and they think that it's wrong and you shouldn't, you know, be writing like that. Just because I wrote it a certain way shouldn't mean that you should think about it in a certain way or have this negative connotation with it. Let my actions and let this business speak for what it is more than how it's spelled. That's where I kind of like took it and I was just going crazy deep and I was talking to my sister. I was like, yo, I'm a Navy this and y'all that. Yeah, she was like, go ahead, walk Yeah, do your thing. So Anyone that's done anything can tell you there's a big gap between ideas and executing. Walker had a name for his dream and he had the passion. However, leave it to government bureaucracy to make things difficult. The whole permit and process was, it was really a bitch, honestly. It really was a bitch. I never had done any permitting stuff before um, and I learned a lot. I mean, I would have to like, there would be situations where I would need to take a form downtown, you know, in an hour. And, you know, I might be at work, but I still need to go take this down there just because I need to get this approval to do this or that. And it really just took knowing the right people and knowing who to talk to because, you know, a lot of situations where it would take weeks and days, you can call one person and have that issue, you know, solved really quickly. So it, it definitely takes a learning curve and, being connected with the right folks. But once you do start to learn the ins and outs of it, it gets a little bit easier. Learning as you go is a hallmark of entrepreneurship. Nothing gets in the way of your dreams, even little details like funding. Still at CivicWorks, Walker got help developing his idea and putting it on paper. He knew he wanted to grow flowers and... I like the rehabilitation and the community and the the togetherness that farming brings. His colleagues encouraged him to apply for the Growing Green Design Competition and his proposal for the Flower Factory won. His advice for others applying for grants is simple. Just just be authentic and be very clear with what you want to do and how you want to impact the community. How did that feel to watch an idea that you had in your head become an actual physical thing i don't even know how to do, like describe it honestly it, it was it's such an amazing feeling though i mean because the day you know i was out there with the mayor and we did the ribbon cutting i mean that was at that point that was like whoa like it's real. You know, I got the, the mayor out here. And mind you, it was like 120. It was like 100. It was so damn hot that day. It was fucking ridiculous. But even though it was so hot, it was still a lot of people out there. And I was like, man, these people actually came. Like, these people actually, you know, are interested in, in, and just amazed by what I did. And I'm looking around and I'm like, damn, like, I, you know, I, when I was talking up there, I almost, you know, broke out in, in tears and started crying because... 
I mean, I looked around and and when I first went out there, I mean, it was nothing. It was just a vacant lot. You know, it's got trash, it's got shit. And I was standing there and there was some points where I was like, how the hell am I going to do this? You know, I mean, because I, I did I did horticulture and I did the landscaping and I know that I, I knew that I had the skills, but it's always that that thought that like, man, you know, I don't know if I could do this, but to be had, you know, able to take that idea and actually make it is it, it just was it was amazing. And I want to keep doing that. I want to keep feeling that way. I want to keep feeling like nothing can stop me and I'm capable of doing those doing everything and achieving all my dreams. When we come back, Walker turns a vacant lot into his floral sanctuary and gets petty revenge on an old employer. Back in a minute. Support for Local Color, a Baltimore podcast, is provided by Brioxi. Brioxi is a network fighting to change the opportunity landscape in the U.S. for minorities across all intersections. Here in Baltimore, Brioxi is helping hundreds of innovators of color buy their first home. Join the tribe. We are the ready generation. Hey, this is Local Color. I'm Jason V. Before the break, my guest Walker Marsh talked about turning his idea of the flower factory into a reality. He won a grant for the project and the permitting process was stringent, but it was nothing compared to the journey ahead. I want to talk more about the flower factory. Where exactly is it located? So it's located right on Washington and Gay over on the east side of Baltimore. Um, Some good landmarks are, uh, it's like, I always say 10 blocks north of John Hopkins Hospital. And then like, if you're going all the way down North Ave and you get to like, that the graveyard all the way at yeah, the end, yeah, like Road. yeah, yeah, it's it's not far from. It's like maybe five blocks from there, so it's right in like the e the heart of East Baltimore. Oh, heart of East Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. Earlier, when you were talking about first looking at the vacant lot, you said there was stuff everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, probably like broken bottles, glass, trash, yeah. all that other stuff. What was the process like? Just clearing out all of that land and kind mm-hmm. of um, just re. Uh, yeah, just cl- clearing it out and making mm-hmm. it suitable for farming and, and crops. How did that work? Uh, well, I'm still going through that process. Um, <laughs> it's like when it comes to farming, you're constantly building up the soil. So that first season really was just like trying to get the soil ready. Um, so we had a lot of contractors out there. Um, you know, luckily I was you know with that group Civic Works, so they had and I won the grant. If I didn't win that grant. I don't even know how I would have did it because, I mean, we brought in tons of, well, maybe not tons of manure, but we brought in like a lot of manure. The manure was free, actually, so that's not nothing you should worry about. But at least clearing it out, we had to bring, you know, bulldozers, backhoes. I mean, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy equipment that needed to come out there and clear it out because, you know, a lot of people don't realize is like when you have those houses on there and they take those old houses down, all they do is just cut the top off of the houses. And a lot of time they leave the foundation in the ground. Really? Yeah. So there's whole foundation out there that I was like digging out and we were just like, forget it. Like we can't get this out of here. So there's, there's whole foundation. We pulled up big sewer pipes. I mean, it's a lot of shit still in there. It takes a lot to turn a vacant lot into a, a space to be able to, grow and uh, 
you know, have plants that'll flourish. That's why you want to make sure when you are doing it to pick plants in the beginning that can survive in a more harsh environment because you can't grow everything at that certain time. But later down the road, you might be able to. But in the beginning, I would just really focus on growing plants that can you know, survive in hard and drought tolerance and very clay heavy. Our soil is very uh, clay heavy in Baltimore, which means it holds a lot of moisture. So you want to get things that either can handle a lot of, a lot of moisture or that can handle a lot of drought. Again, clearing out a vacant lot wasn't easy, but Walker had the help of volunteers. And that was one thing I really wanted to have, have at the farm was a lot of manual labor. You know, I wanted the the young folks to feel what it's like to turn this basic grass plot into a, a garden space. Walker's business partner helped with the community outreach he mentioned earlier. She does the um, youth employment, so she runs the program. Right. She brings in the kids, and mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't call them kids; these are young folks, well, you, people younger than you. Yeah, basically, <laughs> okay. and they all have criminal backgrounds, and you know they we're selling it as you know it's a rehabilitation. They're not selling it, but this is what we're doing. You know, we're we're helping them, you know, <coughs> kind of calm down and see things outside of themselves and, and what's the bigger picture. What do you grow at the flower factory? Do you grow anything there that is edible? Yeah, I, I do grow vegetables, actually. Um, I more or less, I don't grow them to sell them, but I do grow them. This year, I'm more intentionally growing them to give out to the community. So I had tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, yeah, I, you know, I grow all type of food. I just don't sell it. But outside of the vegetables, you know, flowers. Last year I did a lot of sunflowers. This year I'm gonna still do some sunflowers. But this year I'm really trying to focus on more of the profit side of the farm and really growing uh, plants to be sold. Because I did sell the flowers last year, but it just happens so fast. I mean, because once you get those the start the stems up and they about to pop. I mean, they just like pop overnight. And when you're growing flowers to be sold, you have to cut them before they even open. So a lot of times I would miss my window of opportunity for the flower to, you know, have the best vase life and, you know, sit for the longest amount of time as a kid that it could because I'm getting these flowers that's already been open. So uh, be doing sunflowers, zinnias, basil. I want to do a lot of mint this year. I want to... yeah, stuff like that. Adjuratum. What else did I have? Lantana. Scholarly resource Wikipedia describes lantana as poisonous to most animals, but useful for humans. In India, it's used as a cheap alternative to bamboo with no drop in quality. How's about that for resourcefulness? Can you talk about a low point for uh, the flower factory? Yeah, yeah, definitely the the sunflowers. Um, It was like weird because... I bought all these sunflower seeds and they were supposed to be this other color. And with these things with seeds, when you get into like farming, you have like hybrid seeds or like like the original seed, I guess you could say. But a hybrid is kind of like two plants that were like put together and basically like a clone of that plant. But sometimes it'll kind of be off and it'll want to revert back to the original plant that it was but it already it's like a weird science type of thing because it's hard for me to describe but basically when a plant reverts back to what it was and it had and it's a hybrid seed it just doesn't look 
right. It just looks off. So I had these really funny looking sunflowers and I, I could probably pull up a picture of it, but it was not what they were supposed to look like. And I was really disappointed because they were ugly to me. People thought they were cool, but I was like, this is just like the ugliest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and I can't even sell this because they look stupid. So, you know, it was like, damn. And then really just, you know, not selling as much as I wanted to. You know, that was kind of like a really low point for me because, you know, it was a lot of different factors that went into me not selling as much as I wanted to. But, you know, um, I really wanted to sell a lot more. And I had all these ideas of, you know, these flowers I was going to use for that and that. And it just didn't kind of work out in that way. So I definitely learned a lot and learned how to work things and where to put stuff at. You know, just it being in certain locations dictated how I react or, you know, how well that plant did. Mutant sunflowers aside, Walker's had help from the city and volunteers with the flower factory. It's great for city government to have your back, but the only cosign that matters is from the people living in the area you work in. I asked Walker if he's had issues with residents coming around thinking he's <laughs> revitalizing the neighborhood. On the contrary. I love that community because they really accepted me over there. And it's crazy because uh, when I first got the grant, they had originally, because they picked a spot for me. I didn't even get to choose my spot. But they had picked a spot over on the other side of North Ave. And it was kind of secluded. And it was like behind a couple of houses and everything. And it was it was a straight spot, but I didn't really like it. So a developer came. They wanted to buy the lot. So they moved me to where I'm at now. And my spot is way more open. I mean, Gay is like super busy. Washington is super busy. So... I mean, from the first day, I just would be going out there for a while. I would just go out there, just standing there in like this empty field and just kind of like daydreaming where, what, you know, this is going to go or what I'm going to grow and all these other things. And people would be looking at me like, what the, what the hell is this dude doing? Like, he's just standing there, staring in the space. And then once we started to do the work and people started seeing me out there more and more regular, they like, what is this going to be a farm or something? Because people already kind of knew it was going to be a farm, but they were still kind of like, eh, a farm guard, whatever you want to call it. Ever since then, though, they just had my back. I mean, I would have people out there trying to steal flowers. And, I mean, people would be like, nah, yo, like, chill. You know, this is Walker. He trying to do something for the community. Like, we're not doing that. And, I mean, I, there's a car wash literally right, right on the corner where I'm at. And they, I mean, they hold me down. Anytime anybody's out there from like some organization, they'll walk over and, you know, say something to them. And I'll come back the next day if I'm not there. And they be like, yeah, so-and-so was looking for you. And I grabbed their card. And, you know, they, they seem like cool people. So, I mean, they would even like see if, you know, the people were straight. If I, you know, needed to not talk to them, they'd be like, nah, you know, don't even worry about that person. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really, really appreciate the community. They they saw what I was trying to do, and they backed it 100%. You talked about it earlier, that whole stigma of, you know, yeah, black like, people tilling the field on a hot mm-hmm. day. Uh, do you still have that feeling, or do you still uh, uh, grapple with that with some of your volunteers and stuff? Do you, do you have to, like, kind of shake that stigma off? Yeah. I mean, so for me on a personal level, no, I don't feel that way because I see the freedom in it. I mean, it's truly freedom, but... I do understand where people come from with that, you know, that stigma, because like I said, I had that stigma. And it's like as slaves, we were doing agricultural work. So I can't blame you for not wanting to do 
what we were doing during that era if you're just seeing it for that, you know. But I feel like it changes once you go out there and you're, you know, working at the farm and you're, you're doing that type of stuff and you see that this isn't some white man forcing you to pick cotton. You know, you're actually out there taking care of plants. You know, you're you're caring for something and you're you're seeing that I can plant this and grow that. And that that's that's what I feel like is freedom is to being able to do what you want to do. And you can dictate how you want it to be or I want it to look that way or, or this way or, you know, whatever way. It is a thing. And when I have my young folks come out there, that's one of the first conversations I have with them is like, look, like I thought this way, but it ain't that way, you know. And I mean, because we were doing agriculture work since beginning. I mean, you know, we were first people, you know, on this planet. We were first people to be farming this planet. So, you know, that's what we did, you know, and you just kind of like I feel like you just got to do it to get that stigma out of your head or at least come out and check it out and see that a black man can own a farm. You know, I think it always comes down to they get this image of a white guy on a horse with the whip. And that's what it is. You know, I'm picking cotton and this dude trying to whip me. And it's like, nah, that's not what's happening, bro. Like, chill. This is good. It feels good to be doing this. If you've read The Alchemist, then you'll understand the flower factory and everything that went into getting it off the ground was Walker Marsh's personal legend. Everything he experienced in life led up to that ribbon-cutting ceremony with the mayor of Baltimore. He believes this journey has allowed him to learn what his life's purpose is. I feel like my responsibility is really to serve and to give back and just provide space for for growth. You know, that's the the motto at the Flower Factory is let's grow together. You know, I want to not just grow flowers, but I want to grow consciousness. I want to grow people. I want to grow the community, you know, and I mean, the whole process from back at working at Civil Works to back for looking for a job for two years to working at, you know, uh, Silburn Arboretum. Walker worked at Silburn for two years and learned a tough lesson about life and business. I left there because of just the fact that they weren't trying to move me up. I was part time, wanted to be full time. And yep. they like, oh, and the thing is, it was crazy, too. Man. So I'm still kind of upset about this because <laughs> first year I worked there and I applied for the full time. They were like, oh, you don't have enough experience. So I was like, all right, cool. I work here for a little bit longer. Got a whole nother year. I had two years experience. Right. And it says you only need a year experience. I had two. All right. So I go for the interview because first year they didn't even give me an interview. They was just like, nope, you don't got any experience. So you don't even qualify. So I waited the year, qualified, got the interview, killed the interview. Was It was between me and another person. They gave it to somebody that wasn't as qualified as I was, didn't even, you know, work there, didn't have the experience. I mean, it was just like, but it was what they were looking for. I didn't have that certain, you know, whatever you want to call it. They were looking for something. I wasn't that then it just it blew my mind because, you know, I was like, man, you know, I'm busting my ass for y'all. And I showed y'all that I wanted to work there. I think and this might sound corny. There's two people in this world. There's dreamers and doers. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a doer. They want they didn't want they didn't want somebody who was going to ask questions and be like, yeah. oh, why don't we do it this way? They just want somebody to do the job. They probably mm-hmm. saw in you like this guy wants more than 
than what we have. Oh yeah. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, so is is the flower factory like your kind of your your petty revenge against uh, the city? <laughs> is it? Mm, well, think about. It. I mean, yeah, they, they didn't guess, promote yeah. you. <laughs> you quit, and then a few years later, the city turned around and gave you money. Oh no! It, in that <coughs> the same summer that I quit, I was on the newspapers with flowers, you know, in my hands, showing like, yeah, I grew this, or and then I was on you know, Fox 45. And so, yeah, I, I guess in a way it is because I proved to myself and I proved to them that I can do this and I can be good at this. Cause I mean, even a lot of folks didn't think that I could do this. I mean, from like the inspectors that would come out there, they'd be looking at it and they'd be seeing what <laughs> I you know, had to accomplish and they'd be giving me the side eye. Like, like you really mm-hmm. think you could do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I did this. And you know what? I'm going to do it again and I'm going to keep doing it. So it was, yeah, I guess so. And it made me feel good. Yeah. As an experienced farmer, Walker's advice to folks looking to start a small farm or garden is simple. Do your research first and then see like where the water is going to come, you know, because you want to make sure you're watering that plant every single day. And then sometimes during the summertime, you want to water it twice a day because of the, you know, how hot it is. If you're growing out of a pet, a pot, the water is going to evaporate a lot quicker out of that pot because it's not as much soil. So... You know, just I would say do your research, figure out what it is you want to grow and then just try it. Just try different things. You know, it's there's no one thing that I can say that's going to make you grow exactly what you want. You just got to just try different things. I've done so many different things and, you know, I'm still trying. Farming is just really like a big experiment and you're just trying different shit and you're seeing what's going to work, what doesn't work, you know. Give yourself some time. You might you might kill a plant. Don't feel bad. I kill plants all the time. It's perfectly fine. You know, that's just how you learn not to kill plants, you know. So uh, just do research, 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 yeah, and then make sure you water. What's next for you and the flower factory? Do you is there another uh, plot of land in, in the factory's future? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I see it expanding. Uh, I'm going to give myself a little bit more time because I was actually going to expand this year, but I'm seeing that it's better to kind of concentrate on what I have and grow the best on what I have because I have a half a, late, a half an acre. So I got a pretty decent sized lot and I could grow a lot in that space. I just need to focus on what I'm doing and just get better at growing on that spot. But ultimately, I do have plans to get you know, multiple lots across the city. I really want to get a larger plot in the county um, and where I can grow a lot of space. And I also want to expand on my employment. I also have this big dream of like, you know, the lot, this uh, big farm in the county, building a space where people can come for events and like host weddings and, and things like that because there's not too many places like that where you can you know, say I'm getting married with a backdrop of, you know, tulips or sunflowers. I mean, that would be dope. People would pay for that type of service and for it to be black owned and also be given, you know, employment for folks that have come from different barriers or just trying to grow. I feel like, you know, that's that's where I'm kind of leaning. So I ultimately I wanted to get more. I want to do a lot more. I want to make more. I just want more. (laughs) If you're interested in volunteering with the Flower Factory or you want to learn more about Walker, 
I'm on pretty much all social media, uh, Instagram, the Flower Factory, Twitter, the Flower Factory, Facebook. You just got to search the Flower Factory, T-H-A. Always remember, it's T-H-A. I always got to tell that people. Um, it's also the flowerfactory.com. Um, my, right now, I'm working on the informational email, but you can just contact me directly at walker.marsh at theflowerfactory.com. Today's episode of Local Color was written, produced, narrated, edited, and published by me, Jason V. Follow Local Color on Instagram at Local Color Podcast. You can also like Local Color on Facebook. Head to Local Color's website, localcolorpodcast.com, where you can listen to the entire catalog. Also, please subscribe to Local Color on iTunes to get those push notifications when new episodes drop. While you're there, leave a rating with a five-star review. If you leave a one-star review, you're just lying to yourself. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason V, and I'll be back with more Local Color.